0: Welcome to Nest Church, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this Word blesses you today. For more information, visit nestchurch.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember... You are love. If you have your Bible, go ahead and, and just prepare it and take it out. Open up to Psalm uh, 32 there for a moment. I'm going to read a, a quick passage there in Psalm 32 before we get into a deeper thought on this message. But um, as we get there, maybe take out your notepad or take out a pen and a highlighter and begin to take notes and begin to write down some of the things that are going to be spoken to your heart and that the Word of God is going to maybe reveal to you today. I believe that there's a word from the Lord today. Amen? If not... Why else would we be standing up here today if there's not a word from the Lord? Amen. Um, <laughs> well, um, as, you, as we get ready, you could write down his breath on your paper. And we're going to go ahead and get started. And as I was preparing for this, you have no idea what it, um, what it means uh, for a preacher or a pastor or someone that speaks weekly to a congregation or to a people in a gathering Sometimes how hard it can be, especially when things are moving so quickly. Um, one moment, this is happening. And the next moment, that is happening. And yet you know every week you got to present yourself before a people. And you have to present the Word of God in the moments that we are in. And sometimes there's a lot of wrestling there. Let me explain to you why, because I don't think you guys understand this at times. There's a lot of wrestling because we don't realize that, wait a minute, I want to make sure that what I'm saying is from the heart of God and not from the heart of this man. And if it's from the heart of this man, I got to make sure that I'm speaking, this heart is, from, is speaking from the heart of God. And sometimes in these moments, we could act out on not God's emotions that he's given us, but on our own dangerous emotions. And we could miss the heartbeat of God. And we could miss the breath of God. And sometimes that could be very difficult to weekly just be sensitive to say, Lord, what do you want to speak to your sons and daughters? Amen? And I pray that today we hear, and that we hear, and that when we're done, we say we've heard well from what the Lord wants to speak to us, because this is crazy, and today we woke up, and we turned on our television sets to, to jump on this live, and we recognize that today's a little bit different again, we're saying this, than it was last week just a little bit different. And it feels like every week something new is happening here in our nation. Today, what I wanted to do actually was I, I wanted to speak on some things regarding the life and the passing of Ravi Zacharias. That was my intention coming into today from, last, from two weeks ago. Uh, from, from the moment that he passed, I, I knew I'm, I'm gonna, I want to speak about his life and, and, and about his passing, and I want to get into some scripture about that. But instantly, things are changing. Instantly, from one day to another, um, news of today becomes old news tomorrow. It's insane um, what's happening here. There, there's a, I'm going to quote this, this phrase. It's times of uncertainty. And I'm sure every single one of us have heard that. Times of uncertainty is a phrase that so many are using to describe these days. We we hear it everywhere. Times of uncertainty. And um, I want you to remember that phrase, this times of uncertainty, because it's being said everywhere, you know, uncertain times. But this is crazy for the believer. Because if we're saying uncertainty, don't ever confuse that with the certainty of God. Because we could be in times of uncertainty, but if we are fixed in the presence of God, we listen, the world around us may always be uncertain, but the sons and daughters that are in the presence of God always remain certain. And that's hard to swallow, and that's hard to understand. But as times are uncertain, we are certain in the Lord, and there is certainty in the presence of God. How many of you could say Amen. And, 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 and all throughout the scripture, we read how the Lord speaks or has spoken to his people in moments or in times or in days that were difficult, in difficult days. He tells them phrases and he teaches them and he demonstrates and he tells them things like, do not be afraid. He tells them things like, I fight for you. I will keep you. I will lead you. These are things that the Lord always says to people in Scripture during difficult days. Again, do not be afraid that He fights for them. He keeps them. He leads them. And there's always a great promise in the most darkest times, and it's this, that He never leaves us. There's always a don't be afraid, but I will never forsake you. He never leaves us. And when I thought about that during this Sunday, because you see, I felt like my notes and my thoughts, just so you can know a little bit of what's going on in my own mind, and my own heart, were changing every single day. Every single day, I said, okay, I got to say something different, okay, no, I got to, you have no idea how many times I had to go back and edit and delete things that had posted on this because my view had changed, or my heart had changed, or because God was causing me to see things differently. And that's crazy, man, when you get into the scripture, when the Lord starts to do that work in you. And, 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 and when I started to think about all of this new stuff that just unfolded, I immediately was brought to Psalm chapter 32. And this is what Psalm 32 tells us. He says, I will instruct you. Remember in difficult days? Look what he says. I will instruct you and I will teach you in the way that you should go. I will guide you. And I love that the Lord says this. He says, I will guide you with my eye. we've We've always heard about the blind leading the blind. And the blind leading the blind is not a good thing. The blind leading the blind is we're going to fall off a cliff together. The blind leading the blind is going to be very dangerous. But the Lord says, I instruct and I teach you in the way that you should go, and I will guide you with my eye. What is he saying? The one that is guiding you is not blind. My eye sees the things that you can't see. And who better to lead and guide and instruct and tell us where to go than the one who sees things that we may not see yet. So when he speaks this, he, he is giving us a, a, it's a confirmation of my eye is what's going to lead you. My eye is driven into the path that we take and he says, do not be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding, which must be harnessed with bit and brittle, else they will not come near you. Like, like. Think about what he's saying there. The only way that the horse and the mule will have control is if they're they're placed with this thing that they need to be controlled, but not you, not not my sons and daughters. I'm teaching you. I'm instructing you. I'm going to lead you. You don't have to necessarily be like a horse and a mule that I have to put on this harness to control you. My my spirit, my eye will cause you to go forward. And, And then he says this, many sorrows, verse 10, shall be to the wicked... But he who trusts in the Lord, mercy shall surround him. Verse 11, he says, Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Notice, The transition from 10 to 11. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked. But he now, the transition is to the righteous now. The wicked will receive their what? Their punishment or let's use a better word, their justice. They will receive justice. But he who trusts in the Lord, mercy surrounds him. And be glad in the Lord. Rejoice righteous. Shout for joy upright in the heart. What a powerful truth Psalm 32 is for the moment that we're living in. That the Lord is going to lead and He has been leading and the Lord is guiding and His eye is before us paving the way. And and, and what a beautiful passage this is to make this yours and to study it and to really recognize what this means for our day and for you in this moment. You know, we can say that Yes, it's times of uncertainty, but like I just shared earlier, we could say this, that it's the certainty of the Lord that should be searched. It's the certainty of the, what do we do? What's happening in these crazy times? I don't know. But there's one thing that is for sure. Search the certainty of God. The certainty of the Lord is what should be devoured by you. It should be what you're chasing. The Bible says what? What are you chasing? It says to hunger and thirst for righteousness and you shall be filled. I'm recognizing more and more each day that what? That my trust is not in man, is not in the laws, it's not in government, it's not even in the powers of this land or in the ones who are to what? To place order over this land because sometimes... They too mess up and cause a lot of damage in this nation and in this world. So where does all of this come to? It has to be searching, hungering, thirsting after our Lord, after God, after His righteousness. Amen? And that's it. That's one thing that should be searched, the certainty of the Lord. And then here we are now as if we needed it and we come to this place and what we see is there's more tension that has risen in our country. More tension. Like in a moment where we all need to come together, in a moment where we all need to unite, in a moment where we all have to should become one people and, and just really work together, and instead now there's something that's coming to divide again. You know, I always feel that. That when God wants to do something, the enemy wants to try to come and, and divide and, and come to mess up what God wants to do. But, but we recognize that his eye leads forward and he becomes and he is victorious. And here is this tension and here is this darkness and here is this whatever you want to call it, risen again in our country. And I want to share scripture and I want to share my own little thoughts and convictions and things that were happening deep within my spirit leading to today Uh, it's crazy because in the early morning of thursday in the early morning hours of thursday so that would be wednesday night into thursday morning i was tossing and i was turning in in bed and i was thinking about and i was hearing just one phrase uh, repeating over in my mind and it was psalm 150 verse 6 and it continued to repeat. And it was, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let everything that has breath. And it was so crazy because I would just hear that. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And sometimes I would say it in my mind. And I, and I would, come on, Lord, let me just fall asleep. And then I would fall asleep. And like two hours later, I would wake up again to let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And I thought, okay, this is very odd. This is weird. And, and what happened immediately, because this is not the first time that this has happened, I, I began to fight within myself and I, I began to fight with myself and I, I didn't know what to do with this I was I, I start to think as I was laying in my bed which I didn't want to get up from you know should I get up to pray about this should I should I go and read this passage in Psalm 150 should I go and study this and 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 what I did was as I continued to lay um, on my bed throughout the whole night I would continue to wake up and I would wake up every couple hours with that replaying in my mind, that replaying in my heart, and it continued to say to me, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And I remember that as I was laying there, there was an emphasis on the word breath. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And I I was like, wow, breath. There's something that God wants to speak about breath. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And as I was there, a lot of my thoughts started to think, why do I continue to think about this? Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. What is it? And instantly I said, I know it must be because I'm thinking about the situation that just currently happened less than 24 hours ago at that moment. And it has to be maybe because I'm feeling all kinds of ways uh, of the passing of George Floyd and what just happened in Minneapolis. And his words were maybe fresh in my mind, obviously, at that moment as they still are today. And he was saying, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And, and, and something that is, was being emphasized was that point was that he couldn't breathe. And it dealt with breath. He couldn't breathe. And, and that's something that has caused a lot of anger and uprising. Um, what happened and, and, and really what that officer did in killing George Floyd. And in this moment... There there was so much, you know, you you think about that and many of you have probably gone back and seen the video. Some of you have probably refrained from watching it. But, you know, you go back and you watch that and in that moment there was so much that should have been done that was not done. All while also there was so much being done that should have never been done. And um, you look at this moment that just happened this week and it would go down as another sad moment and another horrible, distasteful, sad humane moment for our nation, for humanity specifically, for those with power and how to properly execute it. And, and I want to share this because you see, we are, we are to be a people and God has given us a voice and the right to speak and we are to speak out and it's so good to see that people are speaking out today. It's so good. I've been, I've been watching and I've been seeing how celebrities and, and artists are rising up to speak out. And those are all great things, and I'm glad that people are speaking out. But the truth is, are we speaking wisely? Because we could all speak out, but we should all speak wisely as we speak out. Should all act wisely? Because you know, I'm I'm noticing that there are some things that are happening that are just uh, horrific, distasteful uh, to to my senses, to my eyes, to my ears. I, I know, and I know personally, and I know for sure that though that there are bad and evil and cops that do wrong, I also know that there are good officers as well. Good officers that are doing their jobs well, and they're doing their jobs well each day, and they're keeping us safe and holding us down and holding down order for us, and I thank them for that. But at the same time, there's others that we know are not. And it seems though, as we already know this already, the negative things are spoken of more freely and loudly than those that are doing great and positive things on earth. On earth, it's almost as if the negative is just louder and heard about. Quicker than the positive, the better, the greater things. And I want to make sure that everyone knows this. I want to make sure that we know this, that we, Scripture teaches, the Lord is and we believe In this word which is justice we believe in justice and I pray that justice will always be served on the land and you know there's so many times where people cry out for justice but we have to be very careful because the same way that we cry out for justice we must recognize that the same justice must be poured upon us and though I believe in justice and pray that it will always be served on our land and I know spiritually and before our God, justice will always be served because he is, the scripture teaches, a just God, a fair God. What breaks my heart, though, in the midst of all of this is the whole aspect of this man laying on that asphalt with that officer's knee on his neck and him crying out, I can't breathe. And I know this for a fact, and you know this, that, that listen, his breath mattered at that moment. And Every breath matters we've been hearing things about black life matters and black lives matter and this person's life matters and really all life matters and and that's the truth but at this moment uh, the minority specifically we're seeing that in our nation we're seeing that in our country but I started to think about that and I've had conversations on this and I said you know whether it's 100, and we could, we could lift up the number, we could say 1,000, we could say 1 million, it doesn't matter, but we'll stick to 100. Whether it's 100 that are numbered dead, or if it's just one that's numbered dead, it matters. And we may look at this one act and say, oh my gosh, it was just one person. It doesn't matter. One person is enough to cause what's happening. And whether it's 100, that's enough as well to cause what is happening. It matters. Whether it's 100 or 1, it does not matter because it, it all matters. It, it should always matter. And it matters, and most importantly, it matters to God. And if it matters to God, it should matter to us, the people of God. Amen? And with that said, moments like this should move us to act. And moments like this should move us to speak out. But with wisdom and please, if you're from this nest and if you're a guest and maybe you're watching live right now, I want you to understand this. As we act out and as we speak out, we do it in wisdom and we do it with the spirit of Christ. With the spirit of Christ. I don't doubt for once that Jesus would not be in the crowds. But I doubt it that he would break a window to any store. There's a difference between having your voice being spoken out and how you act it out. How you you control those feelings and those emotions that may be correct and the way you feel may be right. But the way that you bring it out, that could be wrong. The way you speak it out, that may be wrong. Be wise and have the spirit of Christ. I wrote this down. I love that people are lifting their voice, but I hate that they're destroying the community. And that's the reality of it. We need to have wisdom and we need to act and speak with the Spirit of Christ. And I pray that for every single one of us. Why? Because we live in a world where every single one of us are paparazzis, where every single one of us are now journalists, where every single one of us through social media has a platform and our voices can be heard. Your voice, you are being watched and you are a son and a daughter of God. Speak with wisdom and with the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Amen? And we should feel this, for it, whether it's one person, like this brother, like this man that we, our heart breaks for, George Floyd, or if it's anyone else. We should feel the same with abortions. We should feel the same way with abortions. Our heart should be broken, our voice should be heard, and we should act out with wisdom and with the Spirit of Christ. We should act out and feel the same way with mass killings. And yes, even the unthinkable killings of those with no power brought forth by those who think they have great power. We we, we, we are a voice. And as a church, we're not caught to, you know, this whole separation between. No, no, no. We are on this land to be a voice and to be heard and to execute and what? To bring forth the glory of the Lord, man, and, and to activate the power of Jesus Christ on this land. Not to hide it and not to restrict it and not to, not to conceal it. You know, we conceal our greatest weapon, you know. We have a concealed license. Like, I'm a Christian. Here's my concealed license, but I take it out whenever I want. No, no, you're supposed to reveal that weapon to everyone always, and it's Jesus Christ. We are a voice in this land, but with wisdom and with the Spirit of Christ, always, always, we should feel these we should feel these things and we should do this. And, 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 I, and we may ask, why? Why are you telling us this today? Why? Because every breath matters. Every breath matters. Because I believe, as Scripture clearly teaches us, all man, all humanity has been given breath by God. And that's my point today and that's my preaching today. If you're breathing was from God. Thank him. That was a breath given to you by the breath giver. We would not be able to inhale and exhale if God did not give us that breath of life. Each of us, each one of us has undoubtedly one thing in common. And you could fight and you could argue, my God, if you are a leftist or you are right or you're somewhere in the middle trying to figure out what you are, I don't know what, whatever it is in life that you are, whether it's in your, in your sexuality or whether it's in your, in, in your politics, whatever it is, in your religion, there's something that all humanity has in common and that is that our Lord God has breathed life in every single one of us. Every single one of us. And if you hear this and you're watching this, because you're alive, obviously, and you have the breath of God, I want you to understand this. You have the breath of God living inside of you. And that is the only reason why you're able to listen and you're able to watch this today. You may be watching this today because you came across it and you don't even believe in Jesus Christ But I'm telling you as you don't believe that the only reason and opportunity that you have not to believe is because he's giving you breath. He's giving you breath. He's giving you breath to be alive and giving you the opportunity not to believe in him. (laughs) But he's giving you the breath that you have. How can you say that? Scripture teaches it so clearly from the origin of man. Each one of us should write this down. Each one of us has a part of God. This was very hard because sometimes my vocabulary or my language falls short. I wanted to come up with another word for part. And I know immediately I'll get text messages and people that will call me and tell me, you should have used this word. And that's okay. Whatever word is the proper word to put there, put it for me. But each one of us has a part of God and a part of heaven living inside of us. And that's the truth. Whether you are a Buddhist, Muslim, atheist, or whatever else you may consider yourself to be, scripture is clear on this. We all stand, and we will all stand before our creator one day. (laughs) I want that right now to be shocking to you. I want that right now to really impact you in a way that maybe you haven't thought about it when your last breath is taken, I mean, at some point, every single being that, has, that is living, has ever lived and will live, will stand before creator God one day. Like, take that in for a moment. I'm going to stand before God. Not before a president. Not before kings. Not, not before earthly powers. I'm talking about God of gods, King of kings, Lord of lords, you will stand before him one day. We will all stand before our creator, our creator. And if, if you were to look at your contents, I think that's the, the right word, the contents, or I like to use like the tag, you know, the back of your shirt, or when you purchase something or a toy, you look at the tag of that <clears throat> as you do, You will read it's made in, and maybe your thing was made in our phones. Most of them are made in China, made in Taiwan, made in Bangladesh, wherever it is that your stuff is made in. But if you were to look at your tag, at your contents, you'll easily recognize deep within, in your spirit, deep down in your soul, that yours will read, I've been made in, made by God, made in his image. And scripture is so clear in teaching that man has been made in his image. His image. And because each one of us has been given breath borrowed to us by God, when that breath ceases to exist in us, we then in an instant will be faced with the reality of life. I want you to think about what I just said. When your breath ceases to exist, then you will face the reality of life. We think when we cease to breathe, we now come to the reality of death. No, now you've come to the reality of life, and it's a life eternal. When our last breath on earth is taken, our first breath in eternity is taken. And for some, that's hooray, and it's a celebration. And for many, it's a scary moment. And it's a time for destruction. It's a time for what scripture would call damnation. But when that breath ceases to exist and we instantly go to this reality of life and the life I'm speaking about is a different life than what we have right now. It's a life eternal, to, eternal where there is no perishing. Each day we're perishing. Your bodies, your, your voice, your, your hobbies, everything testifies. Everything testifies that you're Perishing. But on that moment, in that day, you perish. You you perish no more. Or if it's damnation, your perishing is forevermore. It's a life that has no end. And for those that will perish, it's a perishing that has no end. And each one of us, when our last breath has escaped us, our actions on earth, our words there this is so important when when the last breath has left we we need to rest assured that right then and there there is this grand moment the moment that we stand before this breath giver the breath giver the creator of our lives and just You and him face to face, word to word, presence before his presence. And at that moment, we will all recognize that I am and we are left with no words and we are left with no actions on earth to offer up to him. When we stand before our Creator, there is no, wait, 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 let me go back home and watch how I make this stuff. No more words and no more actions to offer up to God. What has been offered up to the Lord on this land would be done with and now it's about standing before His presence. And that is going to be the truth to every single creature that is living on this earth. Every single one of us. Nothing else to offer up to him. What has been done is done. And now we give an account to all we have done and to all that we have said. You know how many people are living in this world, they think that they're only going to have to give an account for what they've done? No. By every word that comes out of our mouths, we will also have to give an account to. That's why scripture says, hey, just because you did not murder him physically and you murdered him in your heart, you're a murderer. Because just, not just with actions, but with everything else that's inside of you, you will stand to be judged before God. You will stand before the creator. You will stand before a God who is just, but we will get to the point where he's also loving and he is merciful and he is graceful as well. This is a day in in which we're talking about when when we know that justice, as we're crying out in every community and in every main city, that justice will be served ultimately once and for all. How many of us have seen that on this land, Our system is failing in what? In bringing forth proper justice. We are failing and sometimes we don't know what to do and we don't know how to bring forth the laws. But when God becomes the king of all, he knows exactly how to bring forth justice over all creation. What a beautiful thing that is. And for the believer, and if you're watching and you are a follower and a believer of Jesus Christ, please listen to this because I am not condemning you. But listen to this. For the believer, Scripture teaches us it's going to be a grand day. For the believer, it's going to be one of celebration. It's going to be so, it's the day in which we've so awaited, but yet it's so hard to fathom, isn't it? See, we could all cry out for justice and know that justice, that the justice of the Lord falls on all humanity. But we pray this right now specifically, that man would humble themselves before his goodness. The Bible says that it's the goodness of the Lord that leads man to repentance. That we would pray that man would humble themselves before his goodness, before his justice here on earth, so that then they can begin to encounter his grace and his mercies, which Lamentations 3.23 tells us are new each morning. Amen. So I want to kind of continue in this because the Holy Spirit had me up. That was just some thoughts. I'm glad I got it off my chest. But the Holy Spirit had me up the other night as I was sharing with you. And as as he had me up the other night, I said, well, what is he calling us to? What is he calling me to? And I believe as George Floyd was there and he was crying out i can't breathe i can't breathe i believe him um, i believe the holy spirit spoke to me and he's been speaking to me and he spoke to me in a supernatural manner in a manner that maybe you could say it's a prophetic manner but a supernatural manner and as the vision and the picture and the stuff that's going on today because of george lloyd and his his death and his words, I can't breathe, the Holy Spirit immediately began to speak deep within me. And what he began to share with me is that humanity is losing its breath. And George Floyd is a picture of humanity that is losing its breath and crying out, I can't breathe. I hope everyone watching is mature enough to understand what I just meant. I'm not taking away anything from the man that was killed but I am also adding on to every other man that is also perishing today that deep down in their spirit is also saying, I can't breathe. Because we know every external condition that our eyes see is because there is a spiritual condition that is wrong in their heart. Amen? The evil in this world is choking out the breath of God on this land. Ungodliness, unrighteousness, lies, corruption, hatred. My goodness, who? we're still talking about racism and all of this is pure evil. All of this. And the Holy Spirit begins to speak to my spirit on that night or in that morning as I was tossing back and forth and the one thing that I kept hearing was let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Let the ones who are saying they can't breathe, let them begin to praise the Lord. Let them begin to have breath. Hopefully, if you're listening to this, you are aware that you have the breath of God. And you have the breath of God which has made you alive. And now you live for His purpose. You live for the purposes of God. You live in His power to do great things. I'm going to say that one more time. Because many of you are home right now. And you're like, what do I do? Where do I go? What do I say? What do I run to? If you're hearing this message and you are aware that the breath of God lives in you, and it's made you alive you live now with a purpose and you live with his great power and you are called to do great things these are the days to do as luke 14 tells us man i, I can't tell you how much i felt this deep in my heart deep in my soul these are the days to do as Luke 14 tells us. Luke 14, 23 tells us to go out into the highways and into the byways and what? And compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. This is such so a powerful scripture. Because if you study the context around Luke 14, you recognize it's the great supper of the Lord. And you recognize that the Lord is calling his sons and daughters, believers. He's calling his bride. Go out and and call them from any angle, from any place that you can find them. And he says the the highways and the hedges, the highways and the byways. And then what does he say? Like invite them? No, no. He says what? Compel them. Compel them. Do whatever you have to do. Shake them up. Rattle them. I mean, are we not living? Listen to the days to be like, oh, you know, God is just good in the mid. No, no, no. It's time that we walk. We rattle, man. We, we tell people, hey, look what's happening. Look what's, look what's occurring in our land. Look what's being said. Look at the contradictions. Look at the stuff that doesn't make sense. Look that yesterday they were saying red, and today they're saying blue. Yesterday they were saying yes, today they're saying no. Notice what they're saying. Everything's changing. God is speaking. Like, come on, this is the time that we go to the highways and to the byways and we compel people, come in and dine. Come in, come in into the harvest. Come in into the supper of the Lord so that his house will be filled. It's time to compel. That those who are perishing and also those who are killing, those that are crying, I can't breathe, compel them to come and feast in the great supper, that Psalm 150 verse 6 may fall on the land. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. It's time. That let everything, who are his agents, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. But you know what we've done so well as a church is we've been crying and we've been praying and we've been teaching Oh, and the Lord's coming. He's going to make everything right. And the reality is, you can't just sit back and just pray for the Lord's coming. Because the reality is, is stop waiting for the Lord's coming to make things right. Because you don't even know when that will be. You are and may very well be the Lord's coming into someone else's life. And this is the time to do what Luke 14 says, to go to all the places and compel those to come and feast in the presence of the Lord. It's time that we, what, that, we, that we do this, that we give breath to those that are crying out, I can't breathe. And to give breath to those that they think they have the power to take away the breath of others. Both spectrums, both of them. It's time that we, the believers, give life and offer life to these individuals. This is the moment to be the ones who bring life, speak life, and give life to those that are blind and perishing in their sin. We will all, you will all, everyone right now here and everyone watching through the screen, you will all, we will all stand before our great God and Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. To the unbeliever, those, aren't, those that are not sons and those that are not daughters, those that didn't take the opportunity to receive and live what was freely offered to them, they will give an account to the breath. That was given to them from God. I'm just going to pass by some scripture here. Write these scriptures down. Ready? 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 10 says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Amen? (laughs) Hebrews 9.27 And as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this the judgment... John is taken in Revelation chapter 20 to see what is considered or to see what is called the great white throne judgment. And he writes in verse 11 and 12 something so specific. And he says this, And I saw a great white throne and the one sitting on it. And the earth and the sky fled from his presence. But they found no place to hide. In verse 12, look what he says. I saw the dead, both great and small. And what were they all doing? Standing before God's throne. And the books were opened, including the book of life. And the dead were judged according to what they had done, as recorded in the books. What are we reading in all of these passages? And I just picked three. What we are reading is that every life And every breath matters because they stand before God one day. It matters to God. And man, this is heartbreaking what's occurred. George Floyd's life matters today still. And it mattered why he was being choked on that floor. It matters. His life matters. But I'm going to tell you something with the heart of God today. What's crazy is this. That yes, this was inhumane, and yes, this was a cowardly act of this officer, but I need you to listen to the heart of God. And yet, to God, the officer's life, his, matter, his life matters as well. And some people don't want to hear that. But the heart of God, he cares for the one who's being killed and for the one that's actually doing the killing as well. Because God cares for humanity. God will never Never have compassion over a murderer. Well, I know personally murderers that have been forgiven and I know of one that wrote more than half of the New Testament and his name is Paul and God had compassion on him and he was killing his very own children. He was killing the Christians and yet he had compassion on him as well. Every life matters whether you are Stephen being executed by the man Saul or whether you are Saul who is bringing forth the execution over Stephen. Both of them mattered to God and they were going to cross paths and both of them were going to intersect. And at one point when Paul passed away, they intersected again in eternity for the rest of glory. The one who was killed by the one who killed him met in eternity because both mattered to God, Saul and Stephen. The cop and the one that was killed, they both matter because it's a breath given by God to them. Each one of us has been made alive by the breath of God. I mean, Moses went to the field and killed an Egyptian. He was a, Moses was a leader of one of the greatest first churches ever birthed on this land, the, the Hebrews. And he led them out with his resume as a murderer. But God had plans for him. Every breath matters to God. Every breath. So what do we see what do we see when we see each other? What well, we see in Genesis chapter 2, hopefully we should see this. What well, we should see when humanity had come to being and was created by God. In Genesis 2-7 it says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. Of the dust of the ground. But it does not end there. He just, oh, I just created him out of dirt. No. No. It says, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. What's happened is people are allowing toxins of death rather than the breath of life to continue to enter. And it says, and man became a living being. How can man become a living being? Because living breath entered. Living being, living breath entered to cause that to be a living being. It wasn't what science says. It wasn't this whole act of, all oh, this came from that. No, no, no. It came from the breath of life, which gave life to all men. Amen? And we would not be alive if God had not breathed this breath of life in us. And how many are alive today but are dying? Listen to that statement. How many are alive today but yet are dying? Because they have decided to decline the breath of God in their lives. And many are dying because God has ceased from breathing into them. Come on, man. All I could go back to is Psalm 156. That we get to a place where everything that has breath, praise the Lord. When we look at the word breath in this passage, in the Hebrew, it speaks about this vital breath. It speaks about this blast. And this blast of breath, of life, it brings forth all the components it brings forth soul and spirit, but with the soul and spirit, it also brings forth what we know to be inspiration, and it brings forth intellect. Now, that struck a chord in the Hebrew when I say, wait a minute, the breath of life from the breath giver also brings forth inspiration, and it brings forth intellect, and immediately I was like, it makes total sense. If God breathes into me, he, as his breath is in me, he wants me to have the what? The mind of Christ. If the breath of God is in us, it causes us to have the mind of God, Christ. How can I know if the breath of God is in an individual? Do they have the mind of Christ? Because the breath that is spoken about here in the Hebrew, it also brings the what? The mind of God into that individual. That's powerful. So the breath of God doesn't just transform the person's most inward parts. It also transforms the way they think. It transforms the mind of man. And it causes man to have a mind transformation, where they have now the mind of Christ. First Corinthians chapter two, verse fourteen through sixteen, Paul goes into this. I'm talking about Old Testament and New Testament Scripture. Paul says this, The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, the natural man, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For 16. Who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? Question mark. Answer. But we have the mind of Christ. Who has known the mind of the Lord to instruct him? Wait a minute, but we, we, we are, we, do we have the mind of Christ? We have the mind of Christ, Paul says. And that was given to us when he breathed life into us. And, and I said this before, and, and before this incident happened, man, I, I said, man, I'm going to go, and when, when, when Ravi, who's one of my heroes, and I love Ravi, when he passed away, Ravi Zacharias, I want to talk about his life and about his death, and, and, and reason being is because I was impacted by his life and I'm also impacted by his death. Some people, their impact while they were living has greater influence once they die. Ravi's going to have that and a perfect example of that is Jesus. It took Jesus' resurrection to finally, the disciples said, after he resurrected, everything that he said finally that was spoken to him finally came to understanding. The, the move of Jesus became most powerful when he resurrected became more powerful. So, okay, but let's not even get to that. That's going to be a take us to a left. All right. So, we see, as I wanted to speak about Ravi, and I'm, I'm going to get now close to, to ending here and wrapping all this up. But we see in Ravi, we see in him one that has the breath of God. I, I look at Ravi, and I've seen so many of his videos, and I, I have his app um, on my phone. And I, I, in the mornings, I would always drive and listen to, to Ravi's teachings, And I could say, man, he's someone that always always shown the testimony of God and that the breath of God was in him and he shared it with with so many. He shared his breath and he gave life to so many. And I'm not going to get into all of that now because things change so rapidly like I said earlier. But I want to, as I end with these passages, just think about that because what a testimony Rabbi Zacharias had. But think about what this means for us. Jesus The day before he was to be crucified. Listen to that. He prays to the Father. And Jesus himself, what does he say? John 17, 4. Check this out. John 17, 4 says, I glorified you on earth. Jesus, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. What is Jesus saying? As I was on earth, I glorified you, Father. Jesus, what, what a great example of what? What a great example Jesus was. Of what? Of Psalm 150 verse 6. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And what is Jesus saying at the end of his life? I'm at the end, Father. And I've glorified you. I've accomplished all the work that you've called me to do. Everything in me, all the breath in me has given you praise. Jesus was admitting to that. So as I end, I end with Ephesians 5. And then one verse in Luke 13. And then we'll pray. And we'll close off. If you remember I said we're, we're in these moments and the certainty of God lives in us and we're to speak in wisdom and with the Spirit of Christ to act out. And Paul writes to the church of Ephesus in such a, In such a way that, thank you, Paul, for being obedient. As the Holy Spirit gives this to him. And in verse 15 of Ephesians 5, he goes on and he says, Look carefully. Look carefully then how you walk. He's talking to you, to me, to the believers. And he says, How are you to walk, not as the unwise? But you're careful that you walk as the wise, but as wise, those with wisdom. Verse 16, making the best use of the time. Did you catch that? A God that is outside of time is speaking about time. Because in this moment, we've been given a what? An allotted time. So in this time, as he's speaking outside of time, and he looks at our time, he says, use the best of your time. Because one moment you're going to be taken out of time. But as you are in this moment of time, make the best of it. Are you? Are we? Are we the church, the breath of God? Are we making the best of our time? Some of us sitting right there could admit, I am not. I am not. I am selfish. I am prideful. I am cheating. I am still lost. I am perverted. I am broken. I am shattered. I am hiding. Be careful how you walk. Make the best use of your time. And look what he says next. Because the days are evil. So, so even in Paul's time, and we're, we're speaking about thousands of years ago, Paul's like, your days are, can you imagine today? If their days were evil, our days are evil on steroids. And Paul says your days are evil. So even more... What Paul is doing is, is because your days are evil, even more of a reason to be careful how you walk and make sure it's in wisdom. Even more of a reason. How many of you do this? How many of us can... Like, our pattern should not be like the world. Our posts, our words, our actions, the things that we do in the environment If it looks like the world, it smells like the world, it tastes like the world, it's like the whole thing. You know, if it looks like a duck and it talks like a duck and it walks like a duck, it's a duck. And if it looks unwise and it smells unwise and it tastes unwise, it's unwise, it's evil. And stop justifying. And stop coming up with excuses of why you do what you do. Because it's... No, you look carefully when you walk in these evil days. And you walk with wisdom. Come on, church. His breath, His breath, His breath is in you. Verse 17 says, Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine for that is debauchery but be filled with the Spirit if you understand the wordage there it's like if you're going to get drunk with anything you get drunk with the Spirit meaning don't let anything have control over your life if anything is going to take control of your life it's the Spirit if anything is going to fill your life it's the Spirit addressing verse 19 another in Psalms I like that addressing another why? because there's going to be days that I need to address him And there's going to be days that he needs to address me. But how do we address each other? We address each other in psalms, in hymns, in spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with our heart. So even in addressing one another, it brings forth what? A melody of worship to the ears of God. But how do we get to that point? Walking with wisdom. Because these days are evil. And what the evil wants to do is to divide The evil wants to divide. I've been pastoring long enough, and I've gone through enough divisions to recognize that, man, evil wants to divide what God calls good. So don't do it with each other. Don't do it with the gathering. Don't do it with the family. Don't do it with his bride. Walk with wisdom, carefully. His breath, amen? Let's keep reading. Give thanks always. A thankful heart. Not someone that is unthankful, that always looks at the worst. That can never see the blessings around them. But give thanks always. And for everything to God the Father. I have nothing to be thankful for. Hmm? I don't know about that. Everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 21 and then you submit to one another out of reverence for Christ this is such a beautiful scripture because what is Paul talking about? the days that are evil what are we talking about today? the days that are evil what are we to do? his breath is in us and his breath is in us he's given us intellect if his breath is in us he's given us wisdom and we walk carefully not as the unwise but as the wise in these evil days Be. Very careful how you live. Write that down. You're not like those with no understanding. If you are listening and watching, you are those with understanding. You are to live honorably. You are to live with true wisdom. We are living, yes, in evil times. We are to take full advantage, yes, of every day. Look what he says about the time that was given to us. Every day we take advantage and we spend our lives for His purposes. We don't live foolish. For then we will not have the discernment to fully understand the will of God. We live with wisdom so that we can know the will of God. We're not to be drunk and specifically to be drunk with this world and in this world, consuming this world and all of its lavish luxuries and pleasing things that pleases our flesh don't be drunk with this world but be filled with the Holy Spirit you know what I believe I believe as more as one is more filled the Holy Spirit the more distaste and brokenness they have over this broken world I don't believe that this world is breaking and I don't believe that this world is cracking I believe that this world is broken and I believe that this world is hurt and these signs that we see today are just evidences of a broken world and of a hurt world but how about the ones that are not broken and that are not hurt and that walk with wisdom we are in this world for this purpose to bring forth the ointment and the healing of the one who is crying on the side of the the road the Great Samaritan story we bring the healing and the ointment. We put them on our animal and we could say, if I'm in this world, that man's life matters. The Levite might have passed him. The scribe might have passed him. But I'm going to put ointment on him and I'm going to take him to an inn because his breath matters. I am because the breath of God and the spirit of Christ lives in me. I am the ointment and the holiness to this world. Either you have to believe that and start to live in that or it's gonna suck. I don't know how to say. Alright, let's keep going. I'm done here. Let the Holy Spirit fill you. The more filled you are, the more distasteful this world is. Let your hearts overflow with what? What does Paul say? It's a joyful song to the Lord. And how do we speak with one another? With melodies, with song, with scripture, he says. We speak to each other with the words of scripture. And we're always giving thanks to our Father as, as for every person that he brings into our lives. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, he says, through the Lord Jesus Christ and out of our reverence for Christ, we support, we submit, and we support each other in love. I love how in John 13, the Lord says, By this, all people will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another, if you do not have, and there's always bickering and there's always compa- and fi- then they're like, ah, that's not the picture of God. By loving one another, that whole act, that wasn't loving one another. Crashing into windows, that's not loving one another. Jesus used wisdom. He flipped over tables. He took out his whip. He knew when to protest. He knew how to protest. But it was never, it was never to destroy an individual's life. It was always to build individual's lives. His breath was in him. And his breath came to the world. And now his breath lives in us. And his breath still is alive in this world. Come on, Psalm 150, verse 6, I end. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. We are the ointment, the healing, the holiness to this land. How many of you could say amen? I hope that this word irritated you. I hope you didn't agree with some of it because then you have to go back to it and really see like, hey, these things that I didn't necessarily agree with, is it because of me? Is it because I have to really search deep in? I hope you got all mixed in, all kinds of feelings and emotions. But I hope that the end result of all that is that the Lord is going to make straight crooked paths. He's going to make them straight again. His breath is alive in us. Amen? Your breath is His breath and you're alive in this world for a purpose. Come on, right there where you're at, just... Search deep within. Meditate there before the Lord. How do you stand before God? Lord, here we are, your church. Your breath is alive in us, your spirit is alive in us. This is a broken world, this is a hurting world. Today is a day that is a very sad day in our nation. Horrific things have happened and are happening right now as we speak. But Lord, we can't just sit back and have opinions and yet not do something about it. I pray that you would give our church, give me wisdom what to do in our community. Whether it's just the community of Nest Church, whether it's the area where we pastor, let us, let us walk carefully as the wise do. And let us do well, let us do right with the time that has been given to us because the days are evil. Lord, let me look at every color of skin. ethnicity and racial background every aspect of mankind and that I would see every man through the eyes of God and love every man through the love of God regardless of what they choose that the love of God would reveal the person of Christ to this world never taking away the justice and the truth but justice and all that truth is also mixed with mercy and grace it's not one glass of something without leaving the other one Lord all of these components make you who you are so Lord we love you today let us really ponder on these thoughts and on these things that we spoke about and let it it really just drive us forward do a miracle in our lives do a miracle in our land in Jesus name hallelujah I say amen over your life today I hope you understand that I truly believe that this was a word from heaven to us today not something that I could just come up with but something that God really put heavy on my heart to speak to you I'm excited if you jumped on late and you keep all this stuff in your heart I don't want to take away from this but just remember that on June 21st, Sunday, that's a Father's Day Sunday, our doors will be open, our church is open doors, and we're asking everyone to come back home, and it's worship together on June 21st. I'm excited for the messages that are going to come forward leading to our reopening of the church, which sounds wrong saying that, but you know what I mean. We love you guys. I hope you have an awesome week. I hope you really recognize something different about Psalm 156. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Come on, his breath is in you. And because of that, you're called to praise the Lord. Everything that has his breath, let it praise the Lord. Your breath is his breath. Let it praise the Lord. Love you. Remember those three words on this awesome Sunday that God's given us. You are loved. God bless you.